Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's going on, everybody? You people are listening to Topic Thunder. Welcome in, everybody, to the recap of the Miami Heat versus Oklahoma City Thunder game. I'm your host today, Dylan Hunsinger, at Thunder Chats, and I'm joined from the state of North Carolina by the one, the only, at Prime Nerlens, Matt Tierney. Tierney, how are you, man? I am about to start a freaking GoFundMe to raise $5 million so we can get these freaking love patches off of our jersey because they are cursed. This is ridiculous. Oh, for two in the love patches. <laughs> this is absurd. You know what? I have a theory. I think what's happening is that the love patch. So two things. One, the love patches have red and yellow, right? So mm-hmm. Golden State, what color are they? Yellow and blue? Yeah. It's got some yellow in there. What color is Miami? Red and white or black, whatever. Both of those colors are in there. So the Thunder players, they see those love patches. They're like... They they get confused because they're like, oh, that's the other team. I can't I can't pass it to them, and then they they don't know where to pass it, and then the offense goes to crap. And the other thing is that those love patches have are are made of like that. I don't know what it's called, but it's like that thread, like really heavy threaded stuff, mm-hmm. like very thick material. And it's weight on their on their right side, and it's throwing off their shooting. That's the only way that you can explain these games. It's throwing off their shooting. They're mistaking their players for the other teams, and it's cursed. The love patches have to go. They have to go. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I, I wonder if there's data out there for teams in their first games shooting performances with the patch on their jersey. Because, you know, like, people have just been adding it, like, in the middle of the season. Like, I think... Almost half the league had a patch uh, last year, and then, you know, about a quarter of the rest had a patch by the start of the season, and then the other quarter just kind of trickled in as the season went along. Mm-hmm. So, there has to be data. There's data for everything. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, the Thunder were 42-27 and 27 without a patch and 0-2 with a patch. And I'll tell you what, a 60% winning, winning percentage versus a 0% winning percentage – that data to me screams no can do. And numbers don't lie, man. That, they don't. That, that is a fact. And um, mm-hmm. before we get into the game, though, I just want to note um, on your theory, the Toronto Raptors are also red, and we play them our next two games. Oh, so. no. Oh, no. Fire they have to go, go. Me sooner than later, my guy. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, if we lose those games, there's your reason right there. It's the love patch. I- and I have a theory as well. I think that uh, Sam Presti has heard enough of, of the fans saying that he's cheap about mm-hmm. 
trading away James Harden. So now all he's thinking is money, money, money instead of winning, winning, winning. So mm, mm, interesting take. I like it. Thunder fans, you've done this to yourself. Done, you get off of Twitter right now and stop complaining because <laughs> you caused this. It was your fault. All right, man. Well, hey, this game, uh, you know, if you couldn't tell, we lost this game 116 to 107. Um, and I mean, I can't go any further without just going ahead and hooking up the TiVo. You don't need to explain to me why you need TiVo. <clears throat> All right, I'm not even going to wait for the beat drop on this. This is, this is just how annoyed <laughs> I am. So we knew going into this game we was going to be missing Russell Westbrook, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously not ideal. Yep. But... We are five and two, no, five and three on the year with Russell Westbrook out of the lineup. Ooh. So manageable. We did not know until shortly before game time that we would be missing Nerlens Noel. Very shortly before game time. I didn't even find out until someone on the announcing team for Fox Sports said it. Like I never caught wind of that. It was so it was so late. Yeah, I didn't catch it until Steven caught his second foul and came out of the game yeah. and Marquis Morris came in. I was like, uh. Yeah, yeah I was like, where is Nerlens? <laughs> He's supposed to be in now. Is he eating a hot dog somewhere? I'm confused. Yeah. Did he get lost? Is he, I don't know. But speaking of that, we did not know Steven Adams would pick up his fifth foul with about mm. nine minutes left in the third quarter. Yeah. I, I tweeted this, you know, it, you never want to see Steven Adams pick up his fifth foul that early in the game, period. But you definitely don't want to see him pick up his fifth foul without a backup center to come in and relieve him. There's literally nobody else. We released our only, like, actual center, Tyler Davis, and we're just ma- – we basically just have a bunch of power forwards. And Billy's like, oh, I guess this one. Like, just – I mean, what are you supposed to do? There's no centers. Literally everybody else, like everybody that was on the bench for the Thunder tonight, got some run. Hamdu Diallo came out yeah. there. Yeah, Hamdu just... came out there. Yeah, I was like, oh, there's Hamdu. I haven't seen him in a hot minute. Sleeved Hamdu made an appearance, but mm-hmm. I was not very impressed with seeing Hamdu. But, anyways, uh, th- that that was just setting us up for what this game's outcome was going to be. But not only that, Matt Tierney. Can you tell me who you think the leading scorer for the Miami Heat is this season? Um, is it a white guy? It is not. Oh, wow. Um, is it a, a, sm- a small man? He's a shooting guard. Is it Dion? No, it is Josh Richardson. What? <laughs> Josh Richardson. Who, who he is leading that? the team. With 16.9 points. He, I mean, he, he's, he's a good player. He's a good player. But we held him to 9 points on 3 of 14 shooting, <laughs> 1 of 5 from deep. Mm. So usually, if that happens, you know, good things yeah. good things are going to happen. A win's in sight. No. Yeah. yeah. I would say so. Goran Dragic had 26 points, 11 assists, 5 rebounds. And Dwayne Wade joined him with 25 points, 5 assists, 4 rebounds off the bench that's 51 points from two players that are actually your second and third leading scorer but still they're off the bench Dwayne Wade's like 54 years old like you can't 
you can't let him him score 25 points off the bench. I remember he scored the first point in the first quarter after we we went on like a 13-0 run, I think. He scored the scored the first point. I was like, "Oh yeah, that's good." I like if the Miami Heat had to score a point at some point, I'm glad it was Dwayne Wade cuz I, you know, it's his last year. Let him have his time. It, this is great. And then he decided to score 23 more points. I was like, "I've had enough of this. We need to stop." It's like we gifted you that first two, man. Like, yeah, don't, like don't I'm fine. Your... I'm fine with the the complimentary two after we score 13 on you, but eventually you need to chill. This is too much. Yeah, absolutely. And the only other thing I have to note is we started this game off on a 13-0 run, and I think Miami responded with a 26-4 run. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Something atrocious. See, when you said, mm-hmm, I got really excited because I thought I got it right on the dot. So no, thank I you have no idea. Also. I'm going to assume you did. All right, but I actually didn't take game notes on that. Our boy Tyranny did, so Tyranny hit us with them game notes. I had a few. I just, I mean, yeah, we went on a, a 13-0 run, and it was 0-8 to start from the field for Miami, so, I mean, you'll take that every day. Um the two, so I put this on Twitter, which I I thought it was hilarious. The two fouls on Adams um, were just the most ridiculous non fouls I've ever seen, and I was being super sarcastic about it and just like oh, saying yeah. that Stephen Adams is a murderer and should be thrown in prison because he the first foul, the first offensive foul, he literally just kind of like lightly patted the guy on the back, and I was just like, oh my god, this is unbelievable. He should be thrown in prison. He's a murderer. And yep. and then the next one was like a pick. He was setting a pick. He didn't even really lean, which I would have expected a foul Yeah, there. he was just standing there. He was just standing there. And then the guy acted like, you know, Dwayne The Rock Johnson just punched him in the chest and like sprawled back and like he's never been hit by a human being before. And the ref bought his, his flop and called the second foul. So, I mean, both of those were utterly ridiculous calls, I thought. But um, – yeah, that was that was kind of low key a big deal, as we as we already kind of mentioned, mm-hmm. and I mean, yeah, what the first quarter, yeah, that that it was kind of streaky. We went off to a great run, they went off to a great run, and then run, and then um, like we've already said, Goran Dragic went, he made his first five three pointers um, going into the second quarter, um, and I also have in my notes that Jones can jump, so that's also a thing. Derek oh, James yeah, Jr. Yeah. He can jump really high, so just you know, put that in the tickler file for later. Um, the the thing that was so fresh. Okay, so first of all, I'll start. Well, no, I'll start with the bad stuff. Schroeder worries me now because his shot isn't there anymore, and it's not that he's not getting shots. He's getting absolutely fantastic looks. Every every shot I think from the corner was open, and I. Th- think he went uh let me double check he went two no three for nine so that's not as bad as i thought i thought it was two for nine but even still like it's just not good enough like we need we need him to be a little bit higher if this offense is gonna be where it needs to be um so that was the bad news the good news is that jeremy grant's shot is completely back because we didn't. I don't think we talked about his stats in the weekly from this past week, but he did not have a great shooting week 
um, this past week. I think he was shooting under 30% from three. Uh, his field goal percentage was pretty down as well. Um, but what was good is that when they threw out, they, so the other thing is that Miami threw out this three, two zone all night, which I did not expect at all. I was, I was taken aback by that, but they threw out a zone and the one part of our offense, there was not many parts that worked tonight, but the one part of our offense that did work was Jeremy at the high post. Cause whenever they threw it to him, nobody would really cover him. Cause it was right in that weak spot of the zone. Mm-hmm. And he was able to really um, take advantage of that. And he ended up with uh 27 points on 10 of 16 shooting so really really good shooting night and also one of two from three so his his outside shot is back and he was he was getting really good looks in the paint which is hard to do against miami because they're a very good team in the paint um so that was the good news um if you can find any any good news at all um but yeah then like they got it to within two and then the third quarter was just like just they their defense just wasn't there and i think you know i think people were freaking out on twitter about this but at the same time your defense isn't going to be as good when you have weird lineups coming in because Mm -hmm. so many people are out westbrook's out noel's out adams is out on fouls so you've got these weird groups coming in with like Hammy and Nader and Morris and Grant all on the floor at the same time, which is very unusual. Um, and also Felton because, you know, Russ is out. So, I mean, it's yep. the offense, like there's not like a guy to go to with that, that offense. Like mm-hmm. if you don't have Schroeder or George on the floor. There's not really a playmaker. So yeah. it was just weird. Like the whole third quarter was weird. They kind of lost that, that, any sort of a run at getting back in the lead that it dropped back to double digits. And then I remember tweeting this. So it was basically just like uh, from there to the end of the game, it was basically just every time they got to within single digits of a lead, it just wasn't anymore. Like every time they would just get back to within nine and then all of a sudden it'd be 13 again. And yeah. so they would keep trading buckets and then they would get stops. But every time they get stops, they wouldn't make anything work on offense. So it was just, they would match shot for shot every single time yeah and, there was one point in the third quarter we actually cut it to seven and then yeah. within two minutes they pushed it back up to 19 yeah it was unbelievable i mean they just and it was all defense and it just shows which we've said many many times on this podcast the the defense is so key to this this team like you can't there's not enough offense to to get away with anything defensively and we have to be tighter there and again like i said lineups they were weird tonight, so I, I can I can kind of expect a little bit of a, a, a you know difficulty staying within your your uh, defensive responsibilities. But I mean, they showed that they could play well defensively, right? Because I mean, you saw when they cut it to within six at the end of the game that play where I mean, Ferg had a great defensive play at the end, like he stepped up his game big time and stopped the shot they happened to get a really crazy rebound put it back in but i mean he stopped i think it was Dwayne wade he was guarding like he stopped him and i mean he had great defense so it was like it's not like they couldn't do it it just felt like they didn't really give their 100 percent full effort until it was absolutely like you must play good defense now or else the game is over type of type of situation and like you can't 
you can't do that. You have to do it the whole game. Like it, you're not going to win enough games if you just wait to the last minute and procrastinate on your on playing good defense. So I don't know. It was it was a really frustrating fourth quarter because they got so close, and then they if if Terrence Ferguson didn't turn over that ball and Paul George was driving down, man. They would have. I think they would have. I think they would have had a shot, but they just gave up, man. They just gave yeah. up after that play. Like I could just see it in their their body language. They're like, "That's it, we lost," and that was that was sad to see. So yeah, they they just never really could get anything going in the second half. It was just kind of trading buckets, mediocre defense, and uh, you know, just people just weren't making shots. Ferg needed to make more, man. I know he was yeah. three for nine. That's good. But he was like two for eight, I think, before that. So he made one at the end. But on that amount of shots, he's got to make more. That's like big for us. Yeah. And, you know, what? a couple of things of what you said there. Um, you know, talking about Schroeder, did you say he shot two of nine in the first half? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't think I did. But oh, my I mean, bad. I thought you did. Yeah. <laughs> well, I anyway. No I think no, no. I was saying I was. I thought Terrence Ferguson shot two of nine from three, but he's actually oh, okay, three okay. of nine. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, I was gonna say um, the thing with Shooter is he actually started this game like in full control. Like he picked up three mm-hmm. assists like like that, and like yeah. one of them was a beautiful inside bounce pass to Stephen Adams that actually prompted Miami to call a timeout. Right. Um, and you know he looked like in full control of that game, but you know there shortly after Stephen picked up his two fouls and he was out of the game. And obviously, Dennis Schroeder's um, second unit big man, there was Noel, was you know nowhere to be found. He wasn't on the court. So right. I have this theory: Dennis Schroeder needs a true big man on the floor with him in order for him to thrive. Because Ooh, if you that. noticed, Dennis Schroeder activated his shredder powers in the fourth quarter. Guess Ooh. who was on the floor when he activated the shredder powers? A big man, big Steven Steve. Adams. I think he hit that. a he hit a three, he had a couple jump shots, and he had a drive to the lane. He had like eleven straight points at one point, and mm. I mean, you know, the, the big thing was having Stephen Adams out there. I mean, that's that's just the common denominator. So, I don't think I'm crazy in saying that. <laughs> I believe that. Like his his whole game is like going off of high high screens and then either driving or dishing. I mean, that requires a big man because yep. when you dish, you usually dish like right at the rim and they just dunk it. So I believe that 100%. And yeah, he he was he was like making his shots and I felt like yeah, I guess you're right. Now that I think about it, his his offense was there when the big man was there. And then he yeah. wasn't really he wasn't really around in the third quarter. So yeah, I think you're onto something. That's that's probably very true. There we go. Booyah. Uh, my, my last thing I have to say before we you know, transition into a couple of our segments here. Um, Paul George really frustrated me in this game, man. And right. I mean, he, he played a great game offensively and really defensively. But I tweeted at halftime, Paul George had seven field goal attempts. He was shooting, I think, five of seven, two of four from deep. Obviously, his mm-hmm. shot was on. He was feeling it. But he had seven three field goal attempts. The same as Terrence Ferguson. And, you know, people grilled me on that. They was like, oh, he's actually moving the ball. Oh, he's double team. What do you expect him to do? And mm-hmm. I'm all for moving the ball. I'm all for being unselfish. 
Um, but there was times he was ISOed on Bam Adebayo. He's ISOed on James Johnson. He was ISOed on Derrick Jones Jr. And he still flipped the ball out. And mm. there in the fourth quarter, he started to he, – he really started to come on. He hit a couple threes. He had a couple M1 drives into the lane. And then that very play we was talking about, it was three-on-one. Yeah. Jeremy Grant, Dennis Schroeder – I mean, not Dennis mm-hmm. Schroeder, Chance Ferguson. He passed it to Ferguson. Ferguson turned it over. Yeah, I just don't like that, man. Russ isn't no, I, there. We need that killer. <laughs> You're one of the yeah. best scorers on the planet. Drive yeah. to the basket. Yeah. 100% agree on that one. I, I, I thought earlier in the game, Miami was definitely hounding George, and that was what was opening up Ferguson and Grant on the corners, yep. which is why they had so many open shots. But yeah, at the very end, that last play, Paul George 100% has to take that. I love Ferg, but he's not the guy you go to ever in that situation. You should never – if Paul George is on the floor, you you should always go to him. Like yeah, you never, never should pass that up. Yeah, and, you know, like I said, I mean, I'm all for getting your teammates involved, trusting your teammates. That's that's great. But this yeah. isn't the first time we've seen this in Paul George. You go back to the playoffs last year, game six in Utah, where he had seven shots – it wasn't because Russ wasn't giving the ball in the fourth quarter. He would give him the ball, and Paul would give it right back. Like, mm-hmm. he, you know, for somebody who looks up to Kobe Bryant so much, who, you know, somebody that he idolized as he was growing up, he doesn't seem to have that killer mentality. And, I, you know, I, I tweeted at halftime. I was like, okay, so he's not going to win this unless Paul George goes in kill mode. And mm-hmm. he started to, and then he just didn't. Um, you know, after that, yeah. turnover. it's weird because he will like, I mean, he's had killer mode games this year. Like he's got the Nets and the Sixers game winners. So it's, I don't know. I think maybe it's like, he's just, maybe so there's just some nights he does, doesn't feel like he's a killer at that night. Like there's just something mentally where he's like, I don't know. I, I don't really quite feel it tonight. And I don't really know why or what that could be. But yeah, maybe I, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Like I don't have a, I don't have a lot of reasons to explain why, you know, some nights he's on and, you know, in the fourth quarter and some nights he just, it's not that he's off. He just defers. Like it, it's yeah. weird. I don't, I don't really know why. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, cause he wasn't off I me mean, at 31 points. Yeah. His final stat line he was 50%, almost 40% from three point line. And he yeah. chucked up five in like the last minute. Yeah. That should honestly be like three. That should be like three for, or that should be like four for eight, honestly, from three. Those yeah. last three really were chalk threes. Yeah. So, like, I mean, it wasn't that he was on. It was just he deferred and then he realized, you know, he realized it too late that, you know, he needed to be the guy taking that shot. So, you know, obviously there was a lot to not like in this game, but, you know, with Russell Westbrook out, without, a big man for most of the game and with Miami's bench scoring 67 points and still only losing by nine it's not terrible but it's not ideal and I actually want to credit uh one of one of my followers I think he follows you too uh at Calvin Baku or Baku something like that mm-hmm. he's a he's a Rockets fan but you know he, he's cool and he, he actually replied to one of my tweets, and he said, you know, OKC's got to stop playing because playoffs is coming up. You know, 
and that that's a Rockets fan understanding. Like, if you go to Twitter right now, there's Thunder fans saying tank for Zion. There's Thunder fans <laughs> saying sell the team back to Seattle. Like, it, uh, it's a dumpster fire out there. But this is a Rockets fan who understands OKC is still a great team, but they have to stop playing around, and they have to start focusing and getting ready for playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I took a quick gander at the, the standings after this game because I was getting a little worried, and I am officially like like worried about seeding. Because um, if you look at where we are, <clears throat> so Spurs actually just won, by the way, against the Warriors, uh, like right after our loss. So, which is like good, I guess, in the sense of the Warriors lost, but also that now means the Spurs are ahead of us. Um, in the standings, so we are officially in sixth place, and we're I believe tied with the Jazz. So it's like six and seven is us and the Jazz, and the Clippers are like a half game behind us. So that eight seed is coming up very, very close to uh, excuse me, to where we are. Mm-hmm. The good news is that there's not there's a huge drop off to the nine seed. So it's not like we're playing for the playoffs at this point. It's just like seeding. Um, but it's like kind of getting bad, you know, like we were talking about two or three seed and now we're probably thinking like six seed, which is not where I wanted to be uh, at this stage of the game. But I mean, you just kind of have to live with it, I guess. We knew this was a tough schedule. We still we now have a back to back with Toronto. So it's not like it gets any easier. But yeah, this is this is getting worrisome. I'm worried. I'm not as worried as I'm not saying tanking, but I'm worried. Yeah. I'm definitely worried. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm with you there. There is cause for concern, absolutely. But uh, this is what I got to say to the people that are freaking out, saying the sky's falling, and saying that we should tank for Zion. Puppy breaks key. (laughs) That's all I got to say. I mean, if if the playoffs were to start today, we would play the Houston Rockets in the first round. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm not scared of the Houston Rockets. Honestly, not. And, I mean, you know, maybe we move up to the 5 seed. We play Portland. I'd rather play Portland, honestly. But, yeah, yeah. Rockets Rockets too. It's like, I don't really care. Yeah, it's like, you know, we swept Portland this season. So, you know, I I feel like we've got them figured out. If somehow we match up to where we play the Jazz again, I feel good about how we match up with them this year. Um the only team I don't really want to see is the Spurs or the Clippers because I just feel like they match Ooh. up weird with us. Yeah. Yeah. I do not. Or the jazz, the jazz mostly because I don't want to go back to Utah. Just. Yeah, for, that's true. Because it's Utah. But yeah, I mean, Portland is like the Phoenix of the playoffs. They're just like terrible every year. <laughs> and then Houston is I mean, they're Houston, but they don't like we match up with them well. So I'm not, I mean, I'm not really worried. And then the Nuggets, I mean, if we follow the seven seed, play the, I honestly would be fine with the seven seed if the Nuggets are the two seed because like the Nuggets have very, very little playoff experience. Isaiah Thomas yeah. is, I think, one of the only ones who's been in the playoffs, and that was with Boston. So I mean, who, it, you, you can't really expect them to be a polished playoff team, even though they've been playing really well. So. There's not a lot of matchups unless we're the eighth seed and we have to play the Warriors. That would suck. Or we have that would that would suck. I would not want to have to do that in the first round. But yeah, like you said, Jazz or not Jazz, Spurs and Clippers seem to have our number this year. Um, 
So I don't really want to play them either. So I'm yeah. kind of fine with where we are now, but I just don't want to fall further, which I'm a bit concerned about given our uh, games ahead. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, don't don't want to look too far ahead. You know, we, we have the weekly for that. Let's, let's get back mm-hmm. to this game right quick and wrap this up with tonight's Academy Award for the player of the game. It is Jeremy Grant, the 6'9 forward from Syracuse, as the announcer says. Syracuse. <laughs> well, my phone just restarted. <laughs> he put up a career nice. high 27 points on, here it is, 10 to 16 shooting, 1 to 2 from deep. He had 10 rebounds, 1 assist, 3 blocks in this game, and 0 turnovers. I like that. Given the fact that we had 19. <laughs> yeah. He he played a team high 41 minutes, and he is the sole reason we even had a prayer to be in this game. Um, mm. You know, we, we talked a little bit about a shooting, but what was big about Jeremy for me is his buckets were timely. Like, Ooh. whenever, like, you know, the Heat would go on a run, Jeremy would come in with a thunderous dunk. He'd come in and get an AM1, big momentum shifter, and get us right back in the game. You know, without Jeremy Grant, we might lose this game by 20, 25 points. <laughs> yeah, it's not even – that's not even a lie. Yeah, and I think like the shooting too, like, like I said, I was just very happy to see him back to where he was today. And I think the zone defense was what did it. Um Nothing else really worked in the zone defense. We kind of low-key need to work on that a little bit, but Jeremy was was the 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 kryptonite tonight for that defense. Yep, he was the custom-built zone buster. <laughs> mm-hmm. For that, for your momentum-shifting plays, your rock-solid defense, and keeping us in the game, congratulations, Jeremy Grant. You are tonight's player of the game. Do I get anything? Do I win? Do I get I a bonus? <laughs> I'll be sick. No, it's just, I don't know. Seems dumb. It does. Like, yeah. Whatever. No, Adams, you don't get a bonus for fouling out of the game. Yeah. What are you thinking, dude? <laughs> all right. Well, Tierney, that's all we got for today, man. Um, obviously, you know, these these kind of losses hurt, especially at this point in the year. But can suck. Thing, things are looking up. Wednesday, we're still at home. Of course, we're welcoming mm-hmm. in the Raptors, who are a tough team. Uh, we don't know if Kawhi is going to play, so that's helpful. And, of course, it's Nick Collison's jersey retirement. Russell Westbrook's back. Heck yeah. Hopefully, Nervous Noel's back. Hopefully, Stephen Adams won't have the jitters and foul everybody five seconds. Hopefully, the referees won't call a foul for Stephen Adams touching people. Hopefully, things go right for us Wednesday night. God, God forbid if Stephen Adams – just lightly touches the back of a player again. The ref does not call a foul. But yeah, man, we're we're hoping for good things, uh, as Jerry would say. Uh, let's point to the positivity porcupine in this situation. Positivity porcupine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, guys, well, that's all the time we got today. Well, thank you guys for listening to our podcast. Go ahead and follow us on Twitter at OKC Top of Thunder. My man Tyranny at Prime Nerlens was dropping some heat today. Live tweeting this game. 
Um, one of us is always dropping heat while tweeting the game, so you don't want to miss out on that. Also, it's where you find all of our podcasts and contests, which we haven't had one in a while, so I think we need to have a contest here soon, man. Where where can we find all of this? This inf- what What is the Twitter handle At for this information? OKC Topic Thunder. All together, Ooh. one word. <laughs> I'll, have to, I'll, have to, I'll have to follow them. Yeah, absolutely. I would hope you would because, yeah. you know, you're, you're a part yeah. of it. So, Yeah. That would be weird if I was, like, tweeting from the account but not following them. <laughs> they haven't earned my respect yet. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> but um, go ahead, find us anywhere you to our podcast, uh, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. Leave us a five-star rating, a positive review. We appreciate that. We will shout you out if you leave us one of those. We love seeing those. Um, so, love it. So far, we have three, and we've read all of them, so you could be the fourth, fifth, or sixth, maybe seventh or eighth. Mm-hmm. Let's get optimistic up in here. Positivity porcupine. Heck, you could be the 51st. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you can find our uh, radio – you can find us on the radio at Dash Radio Network and Nothing But Net Podcast. Not podcast. That was terrible. <laughs> You can't say that, Dylan. It's not a podcast. Let's try that again. You can find us on the Dash Radio <laughs> Network on the Nothing But Net station uh, at 5 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. Um, 4 p.m. Mm, 4 p.m. Central, Central Standard Time. time. Central Time is not after. Yeah. I don't math this late. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, figure it out. you can follow me at Thunder Chats on Twitter. You can follow my boy Tyranny at Prime Nerlens on Twitter. And um, yeah, Thunder play again Wednesday, and hopefully things go a little bit more our way. But until then, y'all have a great night. God bless. Don't forget, Thunder up. Thunder up. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.